You're listening to the Life Center Church Podcast. When the psalmist is talking here, and, and he said that they had limited the Holy One of Israel, what is he saying? Well, in a nutshell, let me just put it this way. God wanted to do so much more in and through Israel, but the choices they made limited the Lord from doing more for them and through them. We can really relate to that, can't we? Because there's a lot of things God wants to do in us and through us, but we limit him by our obedience or lack thereof of obedience to the Lord. We often take a look at the children of Israel and say, oh, they're so, such dummies. They, they, they had God, and, and he was on their side, and he wanted to do so much for them, and they rebelled, and they looked the other way and took other gods and, and all these things, and we say, oh, shame on them, but we need to look in the mirror, friends. As we start a new year, I want to challenge you to, 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 to get on board with God's plan for your life, not your plan for God, but God's plan for you. You hear what I'm saying this morning? A wealthy father who had a son that he loved very much, and the father had influence and he had wealth and, and he could help his son in many ways, but one day he, heard, he was heard to say of his son, I love my son and I would like to help him, but his lifestyle limits me so that it makes it impossible to help him. How many Christians are limiting God because of their lifestyle? He has all the resources, all the, 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 the wealth, all, the, all the, the blessings that he has for, for us to experience, and yet we limit God. The children of Israel are like children today. They will shock you with the foolish decisions they make, and not just Children, I mean, we get it all the time, those, those, those emergency phone calls. Oh, pastor, my family's falling apart. Oh, pastor, my life just doesn't make sense anymore. And why? Because you're doing like children foolish things that you know better than you should be doing. Amen? Can we be honest this morning? An honest seven-year-old girl admitted calmly to her parents that Billy Brown had kissed her after class. Her mother was appalled. Her mother screamed, how, how could this happen? And the young girl said, it wasn't easy. <laughs> Three girls held him down, and then I kissed him. <laughs> Listen, when we think we have children all figured out, they will shock us with the decisions they make. As they grow, we constantly, we constantly need to determine if, if they are mature enough to handle the things themselves that, 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 or do we still have to help them with things. As every parent has had to, to come to that place, right? Are they mature enough to handle those things? And, and yet I think God, the Father, sometimes sits back and says, have, have they not matured enough? It's not that we as parents do not want to do certain things for our children, but, but, but sometimes because of their actions, their attitudes, their, 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 their responses, it, we, it is, we limit what we can do for them. 
God's desire to bless Israel, but he, he could not because the Bible says they limited the Holy One of Israel. Let's look at some ways we limit God from blessing us. Lack of prayer is number one. James chapter 4, verse 2 says this, You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill for it to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. We fight, we, we do all kinds of things trying to make things happen in our lives and wonder, why isn't it happening? And then we almost even cuss God, God, why aren't you blessing me? Because we're doing it our way and not God's way. You have not because you ask not. Many people buy things that come with instructions, but they believe that those instructions are not for everyone. Famously done if you're a parent of children and you get these things and open up the boxes and the instructions come and say, oh, I don't need those instructions. I can build it myself. Right? So we discard the instructions, the instructions, but when it comes to instructions concerning prayer, they apply to everyone, and we can't throw the instructions away, friends. You have to admit that sometimes these instructions can be confusing. They come with our toys and things like that, but here are some actual labels that came on some of the instructions. On top of a flavored milk carton, after opening, keep upright. On a Sears hairdryer, do not use while sleeping. <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. On a Swedish chainsaw, do not attempt to stop chain with your hand. Oh, my. On a bread pudding package, product will be hot after heating. On a nightly sleep aid, warning may cause drowsiness. Instructions are important, friends, right? The Lord said you do not have because you do not ask. The verse seems simple enough, doesn't it? But it comes with instructions. What are the instructions? Simply this, there are two kinds of prayer, the right kind of prayer and the wrong kind of prayer. When we pray the right kinds of prayers, guess what? God answers. God moves. When we pray the wrong kind of prayers, uh, we're, we're questioning where is God? And yet he's there all the time. A lot of people know how to pray the wrong kind of prayers, but they don't know a thing about praying the right kind of prayers. God knew this, this would be a problem, so God gave us the lives of two men to look at. You might want to turn there right now and look at with me to Luke chapter 18. Verses, verse, pick up at verse 10. Verse 10. 
two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer, I thank you, God, that I am not a sinner like everyone else. For I don't cheat, I don't sin, and I don't commit adultery. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my income. The Pharisee prayed the wrong kind of prayer, didn't he? The Bible makes it clear that he prayed, but God did not hear that prayer. Why? Verse 11, look with me as it says here. He says, the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank God that I am not a sinner. It was, he was praying to himself. He wasn't praying to God. He was not really praying. He was talking about himself, talking uh, to himself, not praying. When you're truly praying, you're talking to God, not to yourself. You're not puffing yourself up. Someone said this about talking to self. You can talk to yourself. You can talk to yourself and, and not too weird. You can talk, you can answer yourself. Maybe that's a little weird, but not that bad. You can even explain it to yourself, but now that's getting a little crazy, but still you can function. But don't have a debate with yourself because that's just downright crazy. The Bible says the, the Pharisee prayed to himself. He had a conversation with himself. Notice he felt that he was better than Everyone else that was there in the temple, everybody else to take a backseat to me. I'm the greatest in God's kingdom. I thank you, God, I'm not like everyone else. That's prideful, isn't it? And yet we do the same kind of thing. Oh, God, I, I'm better than so-and-so. I, 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 we do it. We, I pay my tithes regularly, Lord. You know that. How come your blessing brother so-and-so, he doesn't pay his tithes so much? I pray it, pay them faithfully. He was arrogant. He was a snob. If you do not think people are, are, are that great, just, just ask. If you do not think some people are great, just ask them. They'll tell you how great they really are. The Pharisee was a bragger. Notice something else. He, he listed his character qualities before God as if God didn't know who he was. God knows who you are. He knows the, the attitude of your heart. He knows why you do things. He knows the motive behind the things you do. He knows why you even woke up this morning to make yourself here at church. Do you love him? Do you care about him? Do you want his will for your life or do you want your will for your life and God there to help you along? That's the difference. You want answers to prayer? Be his person. Be his. 
He fasted twice a week. He tithed all he had to possess. But, but, but these are good qualities. This man had great qualities. But we are wasting our time when we tell God how good we are because God knows who, how good we are or are not. He knows if it's just a facade. He knows if it's just a game we're, we're playing and, and going through the motions because, you know, if I act this way, everyone will think that I'm this kind of person when deep down inside we're just as horrible as everybody else. Do not come to God telling him how good you are. Can we, can we just come to that agreement? Yeah. Because if we do that, we're not going to get any prayers answered. The Pharisee prayed, and he prayed the wrong kind of prayer. But pick up at verse 13. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh, God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you, this sinner, not, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. The tax gatherer prayed the right kind of prayer. Notice the one thing that he prayed. He prayed for mercy. I'm telling you that, that you know, what, what do we deserve? We don't deserve anything. I don't care how good you've been, how righteous you've been. We don't deserve a thing except the mercy of God. Amen? Where would we be without him in our lives? Where would we be without his, his redemption? Where would we be without his blessing? Where would we be without his healing touch? Where would we be without his provision? We'd be hurting. Oh, God, be merciful to me. Sometimes we come into contact with people that are mad at God. You ever been mad at God? They feel that God has given them a dirty deal in life. They just, they have prayed and asked God for help and, and he has not granted their requests. It's almost like they say, just who do you think you are, God, holding the answer from me? Tax gatherers did just as their name indicates. They were collected taxes. They gathered this gathering knew that God was aware of every shady deal he had ever made, every little bit that he's taken from others and put in his own pockets. And then when he stood before God, he had one thing to say, oh, God, be merciful to me. Because I know who I am when I look in the mirror. Do you know who you are when you look in the mirror? When you're honest before him? If the truth be known, none of us is, 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 most of us are not like the tax collector because we, we, we don't take money necessarily from others, you know. A nervous taxpayer was ha unhappily conversing with a, a, the IRS auditor who had come to review his record. At one point, the auditor exclaimed, we, we feel it is a great privilege to be, a, uh, be allowed to live and work in the USA. As a citizen, you have an obligation to pay taxes and expect to, you to eagerly pay them with a smile. Thank goodness, said the taxpayer. I thought you were going to want cash. <laughs> Tax season. Best time of the year, right? 
The tax collector had pulled many shady deals. All he wanted from the Lord was mercy. You know, the times I felt the closest to the Lord, the times that I felt like his presence was the nearest and dearest was when I was emptied myself of myself. You understand what I mean by that? When I come before him and say, Lord, I have nothing. I am nothing. I surrender my all to you. Come and meet with me, Lord. This week we're going to gather together through the week, and it, it, we may not have it specific things exactly. Like, you know, we're not going to ask for this or that necessarily, but we just want to get closer to God. Do you want to get closer to God? I challenge you, come and meet with us throughout the week and, and even, even go further. If God moves you that way, why don't you fast a little this week? For some of you, maybe you can't fast all day long, but maybe there's something you can give up. And, and in that, I'm saying consecrate to the Lord. Just don't give it up. That's just like Lent. We're not doing Lent here. We're consecrating our lives to the Lord. Amen? God never does anything for us. If he never does anything else for us again, he's already done more than, he could, than we ever deserve. Amen? Yeah. On Fox Business News, Dave Ramsey responded this way. A caller calls in and says, hello, Dave, how are you? And Dave responds, better than I deserve. Isn't that how life really is for you and I? Better than we deserve. Amen? It's true for all of us. The only reason any of us are here today is because God has been merciful to us. Hallelujah. The only reason you're here today is because God's been merciful to you. I can count the times, and maybe I've forgotten a few, where God has truly spared my life, but thanks be to God, I can stand before you today. It is essential that we pray. It's essential that we pray the right kind of prayers. Christians all over the nation today are stripped of the blessings of God because they don't know how to pray and, and because they prayed the wrong kind of prayers, they don't get the, the response from God that, 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 that God wants to give them and God wants to do in their lives. So we're going to start tonight and just, just humble ourselves before the Lord and pray and seek his face. If you are lacking the blessing of God, it's not God's fault. It's because we limit him from working in our lives through our prayers. God has always, has always worked through prayer. James 5, 16. Look with me. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Hallelujah. Praise God. The old King James says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much in his working. Remember that, all you King James readers? The second thing is a lack of faith in Hebrews 
in Hebrews, we're told in chapter 11, verse 6, and it is impossible to please God without what? Without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God is, that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. It's one thing to ask God for something. It's an entirely different thing to believe that he will do what we ask him to do. But here's the thing, when we ask him, if we are lined up with his will, if we're doing his will, if we're accomplishing his will, if we live for his will, then what we ask of him will not be of our own origin. It will be out of the heart of God that we ask, and God will gladly bless those things and do those things. But when we're doing our way, when we're doing our thing, when we're living out here outside of the blessing of the Lord, and then we say, oh, God, I need this, and I need that, and I, uh. And we wonder why we don't have the answers to prayer. Well, I, I only get to church every once in a, a blue moon, and I, I, I don't hardly read my Bible, and, and I only pray when I need something. My friends, you're not living in the will of the Lord. I challenge you as we begin the new year, be dedicated to the Lord. You hear what I'm saying this morning? Give your all to the Lord, not just for the first week. Not, not like all these New Year's resolutions, the third week into it, by then you're falling by the wayside. No, from this moment on, you're his, and you're going to live for him till he calls you home. How about that? When a man prays, he believes in the existence of God. I mean, let's face it, we, we need a God. God has placed in every one of us an understanding of everlasting. Whether you understand that or not, there's a longing in your heart for eternity. It's birthed in each one of us. And the only one that can fill that hole, the only one that can fill that, that yearning and that gnawing deep in our soul is the one who created us. God the Father. So we have to believe that he is. It's not enough to believe that he exists. Faith believes God will do what he said he would do. Amen? Do you believe in that God? Do you believe with that kind of faith? The scripture tells us that Jesus came to his hometown, Nazareth. You remember the story, right? And the Lord had been doing all kinds of miracles. All, everywhere he went, all kinds of miracles he was, he was accomplishing and, and performing. And, and now we can, we can only imagine what he wanted to do in the place where he actually grew up, Nazareth. But if you look in Matthew chapter 13, verse 53 through 58, it just, it just tells the story that Jesus was not able to do anything in the place where he grew up because they thought of him and saw him as the carpenter's son. They limited God because of their lack of faith. He wanted to bless him, but the scripture makes it clear he could not because of their unbelief. 
They did not see him as an almighty God. They saw him as a carpenter's son. How do you see him? What we think of him determines what we receive from him. If if you serve a little God, guess what? You're going to get little answers to prayer. If you believe in a big God, a miracle-working God, then guess what? Life just got a whole lot more exciting, didn't it? I don't know about you, but I want big things from the Lord this year. Do you? (coughs) If you serve a big God, you're going to get big things. Matthew 9, 29, Jesus said, be it done to you according to your faith. Did you catch that? According to your faith. Where's your faith today? Your faith quotient. <laughs> we all, we all, you know, you, you have, all have cell phones, right? And, and, and every morning you look at, oh, I forgot to plug it in. How do you know? Because you see the bar, right? You see the, the, the little indicator there and, oh, I don't know if I'm going to make it through the day. I better find my cord, right? I better plug it in. How about our lives? Take a look at the face of your, your life. Where's the, the power indicator on your life? Right? Be it done according to your faith. They limited the Holy One of God. Listen, if you do not believe God can do it, then you're wasting your time asking. How big is your God? Many have tied the hands of God and have limited the Holy One of Israel from blessing them because of their lack of prayer and the lack of faith. How will you respond this new year? How will you respond? Will you be a person of prayer, not not only when we call prayer meetings, but in your home on a daily basis, even even when you're taking your walk with your dog in the morning or in the evening? Are you taking time just to, to look at the birds and the bees, or are you taking time to speak to the Father? Will you be joining us this week as we call the church to prayer? Or will you stay home and say, oh, I'll let others pray because I really don't like prayer meetings. My friends, prayer meetings are meetings with God. Did you hear? Well, I don't really know how to pray. My friends, we're not asking you for what degree of prayer warrior you are. You remember the tax collector, oh, Lord, be merciful to me. How many of you can pray that kind of prayer? Every one of us. Every one of us. Will you believe God for his perfect will for your life? And will you trust him to complete it? And will you be faithful throughout it? Not until you get it but until, you, until he calls you home. Not only for you, but for your children. 
Not only for your children, but for your grandchildren. You say, I'm a young person. I'm not even married yet. That's why you need to be praying now and establishing your prayer life now because there's going to be a day, there's going to be a time when you will be old and gray and you're looking at the grandchildren coming up and the great-grandchildren and they're serving Jesus because of the time you spent in prayer today. You hear what I'm saying? You say, but I've never been a prayer warrior. It's a good time to start. Amen? Amen. Because your grandchildren deserve that. This church and its legacy deserve this. You hear what I'm saying? It is up to us. God has not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The great moves of God have not come because they said, oh, Lord, just bless us. No, because every great move of God has been after seasons of prayer of the church. He wanted to bless and use Israel, so he wants to bless and use his children today. Will you let him? Will you be that instrument in his hands to bring about the miracles that your family needs, that this society needs, that this church needs? Will you be available for him? Thanks for joining us. For more information on Life Center Church and our ministries, visit lifecenterchurch.com.